0: No, be afraid, be very afraid. There is nothing to fear, exactly.
1: You're listening to a podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God.
0: Hello, and welcome to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear. Where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co host Reed Lackey. And guys, Reed was here, but he had to go get some cheese and crackers from the grocery store. While we wait on Reed, permit me to remind you listeners that here at the fear of God, we explore, we don't explain. Except for right now, when I explain that you can find all things foggy at the thefearofgodpodcast.com, things such as, and especially, how to support us on Patreon. More on that in a minute, because who is this emerging from the fog but the one, the only, re <laughs> You
1: know what gets a bad rap? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. You like hot dogs? Yeah. Look, you get your carbs, you get your protein, you get your condiments. You got a funny shape. You got, they got a funny shape? Yeah. They can make for lots of double entendre. I mean... Hot dogs are one so of the much. most versatile. It's like they were invented to be a double entendre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody like, hot dog. You know, like, yeah, it's great. Hmm. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. that happened. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Listeners should Reed, play a drinking game. How you doing, for, I'm doing okay. I'm doing what? okay. Listeners should play a drinking game for, for how many times either of us uses the word. Happened, happenings happened mm. something in this episode. It happened one night. Oh, have you ever seen that mm. movie? Nope. Okay. Well, why'd you bring it up? Then? I just, no, I just, just <laughs> know. Stuff. I, did,
0: I mean, You're just like, I didn't really like bring it up. I just said a
1: name of a thing. The very you know. definition of bringing something up <laughs> includes. Mentioning it (laughs) out of thin air, (laughs) but if you're you're like I didn't bring it up, I just said its name,
0: (laughs) right? But if but if it's in the context of just just (laughs) using derivative forms of the word in question, (laughs) I was just trying to find other instances of the word happen.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, it happened on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, did you ever see that movie? I have. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was kidding. I didn't know that was the name of a movie.
1: Like I can't win. Oh, I say, Got can't gotcha. win. But it kind of <laughs> 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 like, I can't win. He's seen all the movies. <laughs>
0: that's, that's how Shami felt with this movie. <laughs> like I can't win.
1: Not win. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! No joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, listeners. If you are finding us for the first time today, welcome, and know that you have caught us in the second round of our series celebrating the works of director M. Knight. Shamalan, lovingly titled Shamalamarama. Last week, Ian Olson rejoined us for a redux discussion of signs. What a lovely film. What a lovely conversation. And today's discussion will feature a patron only look at a few episodes of Apple TV Plus's series Servant, Mm -hmm. season four, to be exact. And after that, we'll just, we'll back, like, the movie, the movie gods won't even let me say it. (laughs) Um, and <laughs> after that, we will discuss perhaps night's most infamous film. I really do write this in a way that's a true tongue twister for myself. The Happening. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Shamalai Marama. It's been a good old time. It has. You know, it has. I, I don't like it. just you know, it's almost over. I
1: know. I, know, it's, it's I know. I know. Listen, this is, it's a good time.
0: Uh, we should tease. We should tease listeners. We have a very special episode
1: next week oh we do um, um no, no that's good are we are we still in the business time area is that or are we in patrons yet i mean uh,
0: we are not in the patron segment yet. i
1: don't know where yeah i don't know where i am what's happening you so, can't keep up
0: <laughs> yep so um yep. so no we are in business time. whatever amounts to business time
1: this it's, is we're there this is it okay so uh listeners next week uh we had the privilege it's already been recorded so I I can say it without saying scheduling permitting uh, like I usually do. We had the privilege of speaking with author and podcaster Josh Larson, uh, whose previous book, Movies Are Prayers, uh, is a book that I greatly loved. And he has a new book out uh, that you should check out called Fear Not, A Christian Appreciation of Horror. And uh, we had the privilege to sit down with Josh for about an hour and chat with him not only about his book and his work, but also... um, had a little bit of time in the spirit of shyamalan rama to discuss uh, some thoughts on the sixth sense. And uh, so that will be included in next week's episode. So yeah, very, very excited. It's a good that. time.
0: Yep. Everybody wants in on the shyamalan rama They all do. They all do. Uh, in the spirit, that's enough business for now, Reed. Do you, yeah. We should do the twist mm-hmm. of the shyamalan rama So let's twist our way into the Apple TV plus series servant for our patrons. And if you're not a patron, we will be right back to the, de- to continue discussing the virtues of the hot dog when we talk about the one thank god the only
1: <laughs> do the twist do the twist do the twist shamalama rama do the twist do the twist do the twist shamalama rama do the twist do the twist do the twist, twist shamalama rama So about this movie <laughs> <laughs> you just wow you just sent us right in there I just I, I just I just pictured. I just pictured uh, patro- uh, non patrons. This is reference to the patron segment, but I just pictured like Gordon Ramsay listening to our show and hearing me be like, oh, that's maybe how you run your little kitchen. You know, like I just thought, like Gordon Ramsay's going to seek that out and be like, Dear Fear of God podcast. Like I just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It strikes me funny. Yeah. It's awesome. I want to eat at one of his. I ones.
0: I imagine that happening. Like I said, Reid, about this movie. <laughs> yeah. This one. That, Wait, this, one? this
1: one, here we go. So it had to happen. It had. Point. It happened one day. Look it's, at there. It's, Have you yeah, seen that movie? That's not a movie, but yeah, I mean, like you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you know. Uh, so so today happens upon. We are in fact covering
0: the happening. So uh, <laughs> oh, on Apple po- on Apple Movies, where it lists Rotten Tomato score of eighteen percent. Um, that high, really? it says. Yeah, it says, Mark Wahlberg stars as a man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That needed to be clarified. He's not a cartoon character. (laughs) Which is, I think, more what he's going for. He stars as a man.
0: elmer fudd up in here so mark Wahlberg stars as a man who takes his family on the run sort of when a natural disaster threatens to end civilization kind of for years (laughs) the earth has been the victim of mankind's progress in quotes and the pollution has finally built to a point that causes a global backlash an invisible neurotoxin is released into the air, making the people in Philadelphia go crazy and kill themselves. Lord. The happening is a paranoid turn. thrill ride through this large-scale, cataclysmic environmental crisis that turns into a struggle by mankind to overcome nature. I think that final sentence kind of misses the whole point, doesn't
1: I, it? It does. Huh. And didn't watch <laughs> the movie. They watched the first. Mark Wahlberg went- stars as a man. Period. <laughs> the the writer of, of that summary watched the first thirty minutes. Is like, I know where this is going, and then just yeah, yeah, gave yeah. up. I get like They just yeah yeah I get yeah it. yeah. That's what You're we'll like, do. She's in crackers. We'll just, we don't want um, to spoil everything that happens. You know, like oh my so, god, <laughs> <laughs> gotta save the twist. <laughs>
0: save the twist.
1: Um, the twist is there's not one. So read,
0: Nathan. I saw this movie <laughs> in the theater in two thousand eight. The summer of two thousand eight. I was. I've referenced this here and there mm-hmm. across the fear of God's run. Um, the summer of 2008, I went on tour. It wasn't that cool, oh. but it was fun. I had a buddy who sold t-shirts. He had a t-shirt company at Christian music festivals. So like Cornerstone. Wow. Cornerstone. Uh, I can't remember the other ones. Um, and <laughs> Lifeway. <it> was, <laughs> what is, I don't know what the other <laughs> No. LifeWay is not a festival. That was a store. Oh, festival only. Was a yeah. music yeah. festival. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. Only Got festivals. Yeah.
1: Dunamus. Um, so we would like. I'm sorry. No, sorry. Dunamus was a music festival, short lived, but. Icthus. Icthus. That was another, another one. one. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I remember Scott Mania. I did that a couple times. We didn't sell t-shirts at that one. I went <laughs> to those. Those were good. <laughs> you like I Five Iron Supertones? Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. I did. Um, so anyway, spent most of the summer just sweating it out in tents, vendor tents. Mm-hmm. you know hawking dumb catchphrase t-shirts and my <laughs> wife was pregnant with our first kid and this Aww. is the summer the happening came out and i went me and this guy we went to see the happening and i was like
1: what <laughs> i can remember <laughs> oh my god is that the the story i never watched it again you never I seen ba- it until? basically um
0: what i had never watched it again until this
1: that's it wow um I can still remember. Why would you? Nah, no, I know. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I remember. I saw this in the theater with a group of like five or six friends, all of us Shama fans. And my memory of after the credits rolled of this movie is of all of us lingering in the theater to a degree, kind of just looking at each other, like, "Huh, <laughs> that was," <laughs> and we were just like, "I mean, what did you like about it?" Well, I'm going to have to let it sit a little bit to see. It's a little different. Like, it was, we were trying so hard not to just say that movie was not good. Like, I don't think that movie was very good. And then it took me a little bit before I finally walked away and was like, that movie was not very good. And I am such a big fan of M. Night Shyamalan that a few years after that, like 2012, 13, whatever it was, I don't remember. I remember I specifically did a viewing of this where I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch this movie deliberately one more time, fresh eyes. And if I still feel the same way that I felt before, I will never watch this movie again. And I did that in like 2012, 2013. And when that movie was over, I was like, that is the last time I will ever watch this movie.
0: And then, spoiler alert reed did not watch the movie <laughs> for this conversation <laughs> <laughs> but then along
1: comes the fear of god and be like oh you forgot Look about at us me. You? oh so i was sitting there i was we like "We explore we don't explain <laughs> so i was like daggum i gotta i gotta pull this movie out and i gotta watch this movie again and um my wife and i watched this together because we've been watching for most of these, she's been watching them with me. Uh some of them she's only seeing for the first time, some of them she's re-watching. But um yeah. Uh so yeah, this is this was my third time seeing it and the third time or the first time in utter uh violation of my previous vows. So, you know, my promises so, mean nothing. So, <laughs> so this feels a
0: mildly timely anecdote. Um when Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. I Threw up went a to see it with a there. buddy mm-hmm. I went to see it with a buddy locally and mm-hmm. I think my memory is correct on this because this would stand out to most folks uh, the movie ends, this was not me this is not me projecting onto someone else okay. the movie ended <laughs> the guy was weird we get to the end of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this buddy goes you Steven Spielberg <laughs> <laughs> wow (laughs) and and wow in the happening when the hot dog vendor says the (laughs) first time i saw it when the hot dog vendor says well i know what's causing this gosh it's the plants (laughs) i remember being like (laughs) you am not (laughs) like when he says the sentence i was like you oh my god
1: for real, just gave it to For us. For real, just we're doing said this. It. Just said it. That's yeah. You just, just you said it. Oh my god. Now, oh do you want to know something that's funny, Reid? <laughs> I always want to know something that's funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a great response. Me too. Um, this, I, I don't. I think I might disappoint you then. Here, oh. so you know, life finds a way mm. to you know soften the hardest of hearts. Oh no. I, I still think Lady in the Water is not good. It's not a good
1: movie. Uh, it, it isn't a good movie. Everyone uh, I feel I feel the um, feel the knives right there. I don't think Lady in the Water okay. is a good movie either. I just it, it resonates with me emotionally. Listen to the episode if you want to know our you, thoughts on that. But yeah, I get no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, I get it. Um, I
0: get it. Yeah. I'll say it. Knock of the cabin didn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's the thing. The Happening is not a good movie, mm-hmm. but. I pu- I pulled a lackey Now <laughs> you didn't succeed at pulling a lackey what? um meaning the I'm last time pulled he in all it. kinds of directions. Oh yes yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, okay, Nathan put put your hate aside <laughs> <laughs> and just watch this with an open mind. hadn't watched it since the theater in 2008 mm-hmm. And you know okay. And uh you know <laughs> And you know what? Okay. I I didn't hate it. Um listen, <laughs> it is it is it is deeply and fundamentally flawed, but in a way that honestly makes it a sort of just interesting not just academic exercise like there's literally no value here. Um but you know what's what's kind of fun about Shamal okay is and any 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 exercise like this where you're just sort of taking in the entire oeuvre of a particular artist absolutely is you really do see their strengths and their weaknesses sure and one of shammy's deep interests is all the big things and trying to ground them Mm -hmm. and i'll applaud that like sure you're trying to take giant stuff you're try- like read this movie ends with a, a conversation about a mood ring and what does love look like? It was so stupid. I was like, this does not, this doesn't belong <laughs> here, but right. it is, it's a, it's a chamois chamoism, right? It's, it's like, sure. he's going to try to turn this movie about pollination <laughs> into, you know, mood rings and love. And, and yeah. it doesn't really work, but it's there. And I can sort of tip my hat to it. And strangely, I, I think this movie, I think this movie's ideas have aged better than this movie.
1: Um, uh, if that makes any I sense. I don't disagree with that. No, I don't disagree with that. It's funny. I, I wouldn't have articulated that. but Did you just say it's Fanny? I mean, I didn't mean <laughs> to. I'll listen back in the <laughs> in the edit. I did, didn't mean to. I didn't. Let's just go with it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. um what? No, I, I,
0: or are you done? You have more? Well, I mean, I was on a tear and you were Go. like, I agree or don't agree or whatever. And then Fanny, uh, don't <laughs> let me down. And here's, here's what, here's what is tough about the happening. Three syllables. Okay. Hang on.
1: <laughs> is it three syllables?
0: Is it <laughs> Eight syllables. I'm changing my tune here. Oh, it is three days. Marky Mark and the funky bunch dude yeah he's so bad it's so bad it is like it feels like community theater (laughs) i mean in a way that doesn't i don't get it and yeah and i'm not yet reed i'm asking you waiting my time for like There's a lot of chatter about like Shammy's B movie. Like, oh, we were setting out to make the best, worst, the worst, best B movie, you know, whatever. Like, (laughs) I'm actually open to that conversation, but I don't still know that it rationalizes a performance like this.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's bad. It's yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, Okay, so let me lead off with this that I already confessed I watched this movie somewhat under some protest. I had said I'd never watch it again. Here I come. Full confession, watched this this week, and I have a cold. I I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. probably can. I have a small cold. And I was laying in my bed under my blanket watching The Happening, my lovely wife by my side, and I too did not hate it. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. (laughs) Sure, but as I was sitting there, there is a way I I have but not you were, been able least, to. De- you were
0: intrigued. You were intrigued. I
1: wouldn't call myself intrigued, but I was. You were. You were. You were. You were bemused. I was. I wouldn't call myself bemused. Um, but I uh, what I was is there's this strange intang- congested. Uh Yes, I would call myself <laughs> congested. Uh, yes. There's there's a uh, there's a way in which feeling ill changes my engagement of and expectations of movies i don't know what it is and i don't know how it works but there is a way in which if you're just laid up and you're physically your your body is physically uncomfortable but you are in a comfortable position and you are engaging with a movie you're watching a movie that you can you can even tell like this is not good what in the world is mark Wahlberg doing what did he just say cheese and crackers what really <laughs> what is that like and, and you're just you're just watching it all play out before you but i but i was sitting there i was like it's brief it's short it's like 90 yeah, minutes long it it's pretty tight run yep. time um and i'm sitting there i'm just like but you know I, I will say this and this is actually not this is actually not a ding it's well paced like it's not uh it's not boring in the sense of like it doesn't drag it moves from sequence to sequence pretty well and i'm sitting there i'm just like i'm not okay i'm not I'm not hating this experience. I'm like, oh, okay. I, maybe I like that more than I thought I did. And then I sneezed a lot and realized like, oh, uh, I'm sick. But I, I mean, it was just one of those things where maybe going into it this time, realizing and recognizing like, I don't think this is a good movie helped. The reason why I'm not quite sure that that's all there is to it is I knew that about After Earth. I went into After Earth in a very similar headspace where I was just like I know that this movie is not very good. And then I went back into it and I was like, damn, this movie is not good. But I don't I didn't really enjoy the re-experience of watching After Earth. And I would dare say, like, enjoy is a strong word, but I just, I just didn't hate it. Like, I was watching it. What's and I was funny? Like,
0: What's I'm really gonna, you know. funny? Read, enjoy is not a strong word. I understand <laughs> what you're saying, but enjoy <laughs> is just like baseline amusement. You're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I was entertained. That's not a strong word. Yeah, but you are, you are not wrong. Like, if if both the happening and After Earth are quote unquote bad movies, mm-hmm. um, After Earth is is below. It is
1: absolutely absolutely way is. below yeah. it
0: is um it's not fun bad it's just hey bad. maybe this is fun bad maybe this is a little fun bad like i actually and- think it rises a little above fun bad i'll be honest okay M- yeah marky's marky mark's performance is uh arguably bad i'm not sure if it's fun bad it's yeah. a little fun bad in places yeah um fun bad and it's a, and in s- some places it's strong sad and <laughs> Home <star> Runner. <laughs>
1: I was thinking yes, I was thinking a strong band, a home, a home star. The uh, email.
0: Everybody um, to the limit. Everybody to the limit. Okay. The cheat is to the limit. Everybody come on for hoogle guy. <laughs> uh, that it was very popular broadcast. around the time this movie came out. <laughs> it was. It was. Maybe that's
1: what they were going for. Anyway, sorry. Um so so From yeah. Band. So but but um I mean so but I will say that like I have heard the defense of, oh, well, they're just going for a B movie. There are, here's the thing, though. There are two, all of the performances are bad. Zoe Deschanel is terrible in this movie. Um, Marky Wahlberg is absolutely awful in this movie. Every single dang bystander. Jeremy Strong, who I just recently saw in Succession, and when my wife and I were watching this, and he's the the officer who runs up to the car and says the cheese and crackers, and we saw him, we're like, look at that! Look at that, dude! Um, And so, like... All of the performances in this movie are bad, with two glaring exceptions. There are two... Leguizamo. Leguizamo's oh, oh. great in this. Yeah, Leguizamo is wonderful in this. Like, he's delivering a believable... It's got some layers to it. Like, he,
0: he does not he is, fit in he this He is movie. going Lear. <laughs> he,
1: yeah, I mean, is he really swinging is. Swinging for the fences. I'm just like, yeah, it, his quieter moments really land. Like, Leguizamo is... The, this movie does not deserve Leguizamo. He's doing great work in this movie, um, and maybe there's a little bit of an affection carrying over from Split. But Betty Buckley, I think, is doing some exceptional oh, sh- work in her Great, yeah, she's I, she's my favorite I part want of this that movie. movie. But, okay,
0: see, here's a question yeah. that I thought about watching this. Um, give me the anthology of the happening. Like, oh, let the premise hmm. be sure. Yeah. Uh, the the earth has turned against us. Uh, Like, give me the twilight zone of it, right? The earth has turned against us. The neurotoxin is being emitted by the plants of the world, and it's affecting people in strange ways. And then just give me, like, three to five minis. Like, I don't don't care about Mark and Zoe's tortured romance or whatever it is. Uh, It's dumb. It doesn't. There isn't enough there there for me to care care. (laughs) <laughs> and um, <laughs> and because some of that stuff is so strong, like when Leguizamo, I I forgot his fate,
1: and yeah. so when it happens, yeah. I was like, "Dang, this that one, it it hits like that that whole sequence works for me when he's looking up in the car, and again, a lot of it is Leguizamo's performance, but he's looking up at the car. The convertible top has just that little slit, and Leguizamo is communicating silently everything that he already knows to be the reality of it. It re- it really worked for me like that, that moment really landed for me. Um, sorry to have stolen some of your, I interrupted you uh, on that,
0: but no, well, uh, just the notion of a more anthology based kind of story because, Hey, here's a crazy idea. The Betty Buckley sequences. Is this is
1: mm-hmm. check it. It's top shelf. Shyamalan. It's great. I, I agree. From the moment it they is, arrive at that cabin at that cabin and I'm sorry, Cammon. I said Cammon that time. I'm sick, y'all. I've already established that. I know. Um, He's
0: sick, you But,
1: but uh, from the moment that they arrive at her cabin, the dinner sequence, all of it, her eventual fate, her freak out before her fate, everything, it's its excellent. Yeah. All of it is excellent. And I agree with you, you know, it, 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 it almost kind of... I, this is gonna. This is a harsh thing to say, but I've said it in other ways already. It's just like it. It deserves a better movie than this because that is that is an excellently yes. crafted sequence, beginning to end. It's it's really strong.
0: It's like the movie wants to be Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but it's mm. really bad at it. And it, what it really should have leaned into is because you know what would be kind of weird and cool is just you know how the movie ends with the reset in France.
1: Yeah, like yeah,
0: right. do like three of those. Give me 3 or 4 like mm. really just gnarly oh crap the earth's yeah. gone rogue mm. and the plants are going to kill us <clears throat> it's a dumb premise but go with it like yeah yeah don't don't try to sell me on i mean goodness gracious there's so many it's it's a weird ratio of dumb stuff to interesting stuff in this movie yeah yeah um it is and yet the dumb stuff is very very dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think too, like, this is part of why I'm sorry that I keep going back to this, but this is part of why I don't fully buy the defense that, well, he's just trying to make a B-movie. I see that in places. And I can even discount Leguizamo's performance from that because that's an actor choice. You know, like he's just delivering on a different wavelength than everybody else is delivering. And I find it hard to believe that Shyamalan would be like, hey, Leguizamo, can you not do as good a job as you're doing. <laughs> like, he, he just wouldn't do that. Um, but that whole Betty well, Buckley... Marky I mean, got the
0: memo somehow. I don't he know. I, he, yeah, I
1: don't... he wrote the memo. Um, but <laughs> the, Betty Buckley, that whole sequence, that is why, again, I don't totally buy the B-movie explanation because I'm like, that, it is horror. It is tension. It is thematic. It is, uh, like, that whole scene at the dinner table, like... That's, that's also some of the better scripting that the film has in it is at that dinner table scene. So just all of it is elevated in a way that feels like it belonged in a different film. And, uh, and so anyway, I just I – was, I was struggling a little bit to, to articulate exactly the sentiment that I was going for. But watching all of these movies in quick succession, I have largely felt the same way about all of them uh, as I expected to feel – uh, with a couple of big exceptions, in that I enjoyed After Earth even less than I was prepared to enjoy it, and uh, openly I enjoyed The Happening more than I thought I would, um, and I you know have some notes to to articulate about that. Before we go to that I ain't right though, I have to uh, uh, share this little tidbit. It's completely apropos of of just ridiculous nothingness, uh, but I have a strange connection to this film in that uh, the the little girl. Ashlyn Sanchez, who plays Jess, uh, I officiated her wedding. (laughs) So um, that's the, that's my little uh, significance of this film. So uh, that's a thing. Yes. So we're, we are still, I mean, we don't, it's not as if we talk every week or whatever, but we are still friends and uh, I'm friends with uh, the family that she married into. And uh, yeah, so I officiated the wedding of the little girl from the happening who is also, she played the young daughter in uh, crash if you remember that movie, the girl. I do remember yeah. so, uh, and Dylan and Dandy yeah. Newton. And mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. She plays else. the little girl who puts on the cloak of invincibility. Well, Reid,
0: you're just talking about just brides and grooms and weddings and whatnot, lest you forget <laughs> we're a horror show. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> Makes him chuckle every time. So, if it's gory, if it's gross, if it causes you a fright, it is time for the part of the show that we call That Ain't Right. That Ain't Right way no, right, know that right. It, right.
1: it sure, is it ain't, right. It sure is it ain't right. That ain't right, that, that ain't right. right. That sure as hell ain't right. I'm going first. I'm going first on that. Right? Calling it. Going first. Okay. Listen. Listen, there's a a moment in this. This is not going to be as big of a deal to anybody else as it is to me. But there are few moments in this movie that signify more what ain't right about this movie than a single connection of performance and dialogue and absurdity. And that's when they are... Listen, there's a bunch of grisly, gnarly, nasty stuff in this movie. But to me, the most that ain't right about this is following the sequence when Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel have been frantically running around trying to find a ride out of the city, been frantically running around, and they look around and they don't know what to do, and they're just like, I don't know what's happening. And suddenly, into frame pulls a little station wagon. I don't know what kind of car it is, but it's kind of like a station wagon-esque type thing, uh, being driven by old hot dog man. And the car is almost entirely in the frame. When, I think he's credited as Oscar Mayer, but go ahead. Oh, that would <laughs> yeah. It has a first name and a last name, um, but the car pulls in completely into frame before good old Zoe points at it and goes, there's a car. That's her line. <laughs> like it's in frame. It's practically colliding with the screen. And she looks at it and goes, there's a car. Dude, it ain't right. It ain't right. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. That's the kind of scripting that is in most of this film. Is literally the car is pulling up. She looks over to him completely in earnest, points at it and goes, "There's a car." Like, what? That's not even just like show don't you know, uh show don't tell. That's like, dude, it's Captain tell, Obvious. Tell, then level. tell again. Like, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's, we're going we're gonna to highlight for you. Like, this is a car. You know what cars are? Cars work. Like, and this is cars transport you from well, point A I love to too. point B. I didn't
0: know this is where you were going. But if we're talking about just down the lines, people say that that signal. That ain't right. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Is the, I love the melodrama of the reunion in the pasture between the buildings on the Buckley farm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. nothing's happening. And one of them goes. The event must have ended before we went out there.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> it's literally like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, that well, was convenient, wasn't it? You we, know? <laughs> we were wondering why you hadn't died yet. Like, all of us were shocked. We were all shocked. Well, it's, just, it's just like, no, oh, there's oh
0: there's so man. Many, there's are... so
1: many of those moments. Like, the most glaring example of it is the there's a car thing. But then, like, just stupid stuff. Like, the guy in the, diner, the random uh, red shirt in the diner, like, stands up and be like, it doesn't appear to be happening ninety miles from here. And then it like looks around and everybody. He like looks around and everybody's like and then everybody like Monty Python style just like gets up and starts running out of the diner. Yeah, exactly. Like they all just sort of scamper away, like ninety miles. Well, and it's like ninety miles? Well, and again, yes,
0: to to I think the point you're making this is like What is the significance of ninety miles? How do you know that? How are we ascertaining that? By what definition are we saying that it isn't happening? What is it? What is happening?
1: Um, hmm. Lord and mercy is so stupid. It's so stupid. And then that's not even that's not even the glaring example, like frigging cheese and crackers, and you know what in the world? I have
0: no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, that one. I love that we start with praise. That wasn't faint praise. And when Jeremy Strong says
1: cheese and crackers, you're like, (laughs) huh? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. How did we get here? (laughs) In in what is supposed to be presumably a kind of like, he's meant to communicate a sort of frantic fear. Cheese and crackers? You've got to be kidding me. Well, this is what I, okay. It's like
0: they were going for certain things, but just didn't go far enough. Like, it's like they're going for a um, Barney Fife. You know? Oh, But it just doesn't communicate it, it's that not or, far
1: enough yeah either that or a delicatessen or gomer and like yeah exactly like i don't understand what
0: did you just say no. cheese and crackers deli yes dummy.
1: yeah yeah dude yeah but
0: nobody just said it wasn't like he was like where's the deli my kingdom for a deli he was it was just some dumb exclamation he was like yeah it's surprise surprise you know <laughs> which like, would have been that. better right. received although yes. i think marky mark was channeling you know he was so trying bam. Goodness gracious.
1: And it's making his way through. Shazam. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Give me a minute. Why can't everybody just give me a minute? Or yeah, I think he's a oh, second. But that was a second.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Uh, that yeah,
0: one yeah. is a. Okay. So there's lines like cheese and crackers. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's extended edits and sequences like give me a second or a minute. And I'm like, what oh. are we doing right now? Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it just keeps cutting back from them to him, back to them, and then to him, and then to and them, and then to him. And zooming in <laughs> on it.
1: And zooming in on Like, it's just crazy. It's just Go so. Go away. way.
0: Get me in on those pores, you know? Let yeah. Let me see.
1: Like, His <laughs> nose gets, like, squished against the <laughs> <laughs> goes into the celluloid. Give me a minute. Like, give me a minute. And he goes right in on his pupil. <laughs> <He's
0: just> like, <laughs> and then it zooms out, and he goes, well, I guess the
1: incident must have ended before we got out of here. Um, but then, like, nobody speaks like this. Like, even, like, in that same sequence, freaking Zoe... God, he gave her so many stupid lines. But she's like, you know, we can't just stand here as uninvolved observers. Like, nobody talks like that when you're frantic. Like, uninvolved observers? Think, okay,
0: here's... I mean, this predates... Well, yeah. I mean, are there moments where you're like Shammy was just like F it, you know? <laughs> and there's this great image. I don't know if you ever saw this uh behind the scenes shot of Peter Jackson when he got roped back into doing the the just flabbiest trilogy in cinema history, <laughs> aka The Hobbit. And there's this pitiful this the poor blobby. dude man, he just wanted to be done. You know, old Guillermo backed out, just everything mm-hmm. was going sideways. Mm-hmm. There's this, there's a shot of poor Peter Jackson just sitting on rubble that is the set. Uh-huh. And he's just got like his head in his hands. And it's oh like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, knew. yeah. We do. We mm-hmm. are making this up. We oh, don't yes. know what we're doing. We just have the budget and the deadline. Like, there's Absolutely. a world where some component parts of this movie, I'm like, Shammy, buddy. Yeah, what, was there yeah. some self sabotage going on up in here? You
1: yeah, know? yeah. I mean, the opening credits, the zookeeper, well, the zookeeper. Sure, yeah, the what? Zoo ki- yeah, that
0: read. That looks <laughs> like my kids got some clothes out of the out of you know some dress ups out of the uh, <laughs> you know the cupboard or whatever you know the <laughs> you know that thing people get clothes out of uh, and sure
1: <laughs>
0: yes the thing people get just clothes out of walked over to a uh, paper mache lion. And then you cut away <laughs> and they just like squirt ketchup out the side. Like it is remarkably bad looking. It's dreadful. For yeah. a movie read that also has the Betty Buckley sequence. Yeah, like, exactly. What? Yeah, How exactly. all existing in the same movie? Yeah. We're meant to be on that ain't right. And I guess. This all ain't right. The movie itself ain't right. Yeah. All um, of it ain't right. I will say. There's. There are moments of incredibly well executed horror in this movie too
1: Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. all
0: the idiocy yeah yeah. um i think it's a very chilling moment i don't know if you remember this the gun sequence yeah where where
1: where it's kind of a a parade of people discovering the camera is, is basically
0: at street level yeah and characters you've just seen interacting with each other get taken by the toxin a cop shoots himself the gun falls and clatters to the ground all in the same shot uh, yeah. uh, uh, a driver, a taxi cab yes. guy gets out, shoots himself, gun clatters to the ground. A woman from, you know, 10 feet
1: away. comes. It, yes. it is,
0: it's chilling. I was yeah. like, dad gum. The, that, the, the, the mo-
1: it's weird. That sequence belongs in the same movie where the Betty Buckley thing came through. Like when you yes. propose the idea of like an anthology type of thing, like, yeah, those two movies belong together and are genuinely chilling. I will tack on to that. Uh, and ostensibly, we're still in That Ain't Right, but I'll tack on to that. It, it, it's, it might make a top list of one of the most harrowing or compelling Shyamalan shots in any film is the upward view of the building as mm-hmm. the people just, you know, casually descend off of it. That is an incredibly harrowing shot and, uh, and deeply, deeply frightening. So uh, there, so yeah, there's there's like those glimmers there at the beginning, and then you get the buddy the the eventual Betty Buckley sequence, and I'm like, yeah, th- those are some things. Um, and we talked about it in passing, largely because of Leguizamo's performance. But yeah, the the sequence where he's in that um, in, in the that Jeep. Jeep, and that is wild. Yeah, yeah. it's a
0: wild sequence. Absolutely, and I don't know how they staged that.
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't either. I don't either. That was really exceptional in terms of just how it all plays out, the emotionality behind it. It that is all very exceptional. So maybe maybe that's what it is. I I know that I'm 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 kind of being a little bad form and keep beating up on another movie, but After Earth had like nothing like that that I could point to. And at least at least as bad as I think this movie is on the whole. It has a couple of moments like that, that I can point to without an asterisk that I can say that works like that whole sequence or that shot or th- that whole scene, that tone that works, um, whatever else, but you can, and you can was. see to, to my point,
0: it's like, remove, remove the through line, get rid of Marky Mark and Zoe mm-hmm. as the characters. Like I don't need connective tissue. Sure. The connective tissue is the premise. And just show the premise impacting scenarios in the world in various ways. You know, the brilliance of the Betty Buckley sequence is like, that is, that's your final sequence in this, you know, imagined anthology where it's like, oh, crap, she's jacked up even before it happens. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And then when it does happen to her, it's even worse,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of things like this, this wouldn't necessarily, yeah, this doesn't necessarily belong into that ain't right. But I'll just, I'll mention it because we're. Well, then let's, okay, come on. Did you squirm? Did you wince? Did you did you
0: talk to a plastic plant? It was probably because of what we around here call
1: this ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> there's a car. Um so, <laughs> so so something that I feel like there's a couple of moments. So we've talked about the moments that are scary or harrowing or whatever and like, okay, they work. We've also kind of pointed to some moments that are just like, that's just stupid. That's just ridiculous. There are a couple of moments that I feel like I want to be on board with them because I, I can I connect a bit with what I think he was trying to do. But either the performance or the tone around it kind of kills it for me. And the two moments that I would cite that I'm specifically thinking of, one of them is... After uh Mark Wahlberg realizes that Jess's dad wouldn't have made it. Like once, once that clicks for him and he's sitting over in the field, yeah. and then Jess goes over to him and, and it's completely dialogue-less. Um, I, I feel like the, the the moment doesn't quite work for me, but I like I resonated with what he was trying to do. There it was a, a kind of a subtle artistry of trying to convey that without Having to zoom in like he does on just give me a second and and you know, show us all the interiors. The other moment that is absolutely destroyed by Mark Wahlberg's delivery out of it all is when he tries to reconnect with her by lying to her about the pint of ice cream. Like that's that's a weird, it's a weird moment in that. Her reaction is what clued me in for what he was trying to do in that moment. So when she was like, Are you lying to me? And then she says thank you and gets a little like teary eyed, you know, then it it clicks of like, Oh, there's some forgiveness at play there. There's there's some connection at play there. But I think Mark Wahlberg's delivery of that just absolutely demolishes he didn't get the memo. No, it completely demolishes whatever pathos might and have maybe been. I present had ice cream. In.
0: And maybe I did this. And maybe I ate it all. And maybe he Definitely even has not. a head
1: bob. He even, like, bobblehead. Like, it just really is a very, very Do you uh, think eccentric Marky Mark was
0: just mad at his brother for having such a signature moment in the canon of
1: Shyamalan's I mean, work? I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I will say that, like... You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, because Donnie Wahlberg is the freaking... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Vincent Gray. Oh, I, I know. Dude, I know. I know. I know. how many... Th- I know. I know. I know. (laughs) Are you going to do that for the rest of the movie? (laughs) I'm going to pull
0: a Wahlberg. You said it. I was waiting
1: for you to do it. I know. I know. No, Um, wait.
0: Hang on. Hang on. So
1: go ahead. (laughs) All I was going to say is (laughs) I feel like there's times where I can tell Wahlberg's trying to be funny. And there's other times where I can feel like Wahlberg's trying to not be funny but i feel like all of the moments kind of flip the script he's funny when he's not trying to be and when he's trying to be it just comes off as a little awkward uh like talking to the plastic plant where he's just like i'm still i'm talking to a plastic plant i'm still doing it i'm like okay you're you're trying to be funny there but it's just more awkward and and mildly obnoxious and then other times where i don't think he's going for funny it is a little chuckle worthy um Wahlberg has since, mm-hmm. yeah, Chuckleworthy. Uh, Wahlberg has since, well, several people have said they, they've kind of disavowed the movie and like regretted making it, which I always feel a little sad. I'm pretty for sure Zoe like didn't. That. Zoe yep. hasn't, no. huh? But um, I always feel a little sad when something like that happens because I'm just like, you know, despite the way that I and you would beat up on a film, like, you know, it's probably made with the best of intentions or at least some degree of trying to do something a little different. So I always feel bad when people go full scale of like, Oh, I, you know, I disavow this movie or, you know, I regret making it or yeah. whatever. And it's, it's not like, rooted in like toxicity on set. It's more finished product right. stuff. Like, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Recast. Elliot what? for me? Recast Elliot. We're play the recast game. Yeah. Like not from 2008, but like right now, maybe a few years ago. Cause I've got, I've got a, I've got one is another Mark actually.
1: Really? Well, it's, I mean, it's the moment you said it, cause we didn't, we didn't pre-brief for this, uh, moment and I don't have another Mark, but maybe it's because uh, of just my affection for him or, or I know his ability to kind of be a little unhinged and stuff like this and still kind of be watchable and believable. But I went with Michael Shannon immediately. Michael Shannon came to mind to play Elliot. Um, so hmm. yes I can see it I don't know
0: that Shannon's quite as he's not quite as every man as I think the movie wants the character to be but I do mm. love Michael Shannon uh, the other Mark I was referring to is Ruffalo oh,
1: Ruffalo, Ruffalo would be this role. he would be so great in this role I mean he would he would He would be matching Leguizamo energy in a role oh, yeah. like this he absolutely you know would. Who else
0: would be good Sterling K. Brown I just like Sterling K. Brown I want to see him in more stuff but he'd have been good in this
1: he'd have he's been excellent that. in that he would have been excellent in a part like this. Yeah, and and he has that same kind of needed energy where he can be funny. He can be very, like, passionate and aggressive if he needs to be. Um, yeah, he would be able to layer in all of the beats that would be needed for, you know, for a part like this. Well, who would you recast Alma as? Or do you like Zoe Deschanel? What?
0: I said I didn't get that part. So, um... Hmm. Yeah, well, I
1: didn't get the memo hmm. about the other one either, so make a choice. I <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: Well, I also would have gone first, and then you mm. you had an idea. Um, interestingly, I did see where
1: they initially wanted Amy Adams. Yes, yeah. Um, I thought that would have been interesting. I really like Amy Adams. Um, I, her later work, her more recent work, has not been as layered and nuanced as I feel like her performances in things like Arrival and June Bug have been. But, um, but I really like Amy Adams. I think she, I, th- yeah, I, th- I do think she would have done a great job. Apparently, they couldn't get you, like contract stuff open for her. Do you have an idea? Um, probably because I name check. Okay. So here's the thing that I've just stumbled onto it. I didn't know you were going to pull the recasting card, but I've just stumbled onto yeah. it. Um, uh, I was about to say Jessica Chastain but it's because I'm I'm wanting something more like Take Shelter I feel like Take Shelter engages the ideas this movie is about in more thoughtful and profound ways Um, and it's not because Take Shelter is also about a fractured relationship and it's you know coming back together it's also about hope for the future and whether or not we should continue to proceed together in hope for the future it's also about cataclysm on the horizon whether real or imagined. Um, and so so it's like you, I didn't even realize that that's what was happening, but that's what I've just walked into. Is like when you asked me to recast this, that's why I immediately you're like, inserted.
0: You're just like, okay, I'm not just going to recast it. I am going to just watch Take Shelter. <laughs> yeah, that's basically,
1: that's basically what I want to do. because it's literally. And look, look, listeners can believe me or not. Co-hosts can believe me or not. When you just asked me to recast Elliot, immediately I thought of Michael Shannon. And then I, I, you know, I was kind of teasing when I said, "Well, recast Alma." Then, and I didn't think about it. But then I thought of Jessica Chastain. It wasn't until that moment that I realized, like, oh, I want this to be what Take Shelter is. I want, I want it to be interested in it the same way that Take Shelter is, because Take Shelter, I think, is largely about the same kind of things. But obviously, that's with a Jeff Nichols at the helm and with all. So, listeners, uh, if you want something that's more thoughtful and profound and uh just exponentially more interesting and more moving in a lot of ways uh and haven't seen take shelter uh see take shelter because take shelter is an amazing film so that's yeah we'll just go right but off that i guess
0: what's but, interesting about those i mean yes always go see take shelter any time of the day um, that's a great movie what's interesting is you're you're pining for that pair in this film like what do you think tonally happening is? I guess that's tonally. Like, it doesn't seem to know. Yeah, like because um, there is a sort of bounciness to the two leads characters yeah, that gets yeah. over overdrawn by the performer the performers that I hear those two performers, Michael Shannon and Jessica Jessica, Jessica <laughs>
1: yes that one and i think
0: you know they aren't quite they are the very serious version of the happening anyway so yeah it's just interesting because i think this movie tonally is a bit all over the place
1: well that is so and that's a really good point because one thing that i will say they don't seem to be lying about in the tone is i do feel like they're going for the schlocky disaster movie vibe and 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 that is a very specific tone where it's just like the 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 threat is a a you know intangible kind of disaster uh be that more recent you know films more recent than this but Things like, you know, The Day After Tomorrow, or 2012, or, you know, um, God, what was the recent, The Rock, San Andreas, you know, or something like that, where there's just, okay, we're just going to have big natural cataclysm. And those films are typically big spectacle pieces. They're meant to display a bunch of effects. Blockbusters. Yeah, yeah, and and they're meant to display, you know, so so it's like on that level, Happening is not going for that. I mean, there, there are moments we described them where they've got some harrowing sort of fright sequences with the effects that, that people have on, you know, this neurotoxin has on people. But uh, it's not going for big, massive spectacle. In fact, it's very narrative starts to whittle down its characters. Like, too many people, right. too many people. We're going to get away from all the people. And to me, it's like, that, that's why it's, it's odd for this to be the approach for like a, a natural disaster kind of flick, um, but I do think like if if you're wanting more of a, a bouncy jaunty tone, I do think like Mark Ruffalo, I agree, would have just you know been fantastic. Well, here
0: I'm not pining for a bouncy jaunty jaunty toxin
1: tone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's <laughs> happening to you. <laughs> this is the the first the first time. I'm sorry,
0: the neurotoxin is this, getting, to getting to me. It's getting
1: to me. But somebody I'm going to park my bike. Somebody else um, who is hit or miss for me as a performer, but I think is more hit than miss. I, I think you might be about to disagree with me when I say the name, but um, is uh, John Cusack. I think John Cusack has a a rhythm that I think could have could have possibly fit quite well in in a movie like this. Again. I can see that. Yeah. He's he's hit or miss for me as a performer, but I think he's more often uh hit than miss. Oh yeah, God, you know what this no, there's two things this movie needs. Two I don't things really this know movie what's needs. happening right now. No, what? there's two things this movie needs. Um number one, it needs Nicolas Cage as Elliot. Like Nicolas Cage as Elliot. <laughs> My God. And everything works. Everything suddenly works in this movie is if bit. Nicolas Cage yeah. is yeah. Elliot. Um yeah. And yeah. then yeah. and <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. He's like raging and everything. He's like Betty Buckley like rages at him and he just screams back at him. Give me a second. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine the give me a second scene with Nicholas Cage? I want it so badly. Give it to me. Oh my god, that would be so great. Um but then uh you know the other thing is just Buster rhymes. Give me Busta. Like Busta <laughs> Give me Busta. In this movie,
0: Busta would be like. Busta and Betty Buckley. Uh, You know, they are are a pair, a romantic pair. Oh my God. He he slaps the child's hand. He's like, (laughs) no. (laughs) No, he's going to. Betty grabs his hand, ostensibly Mm -hmm. to silence Mm -hmm. him, and then she whacks it. You know, (laughs) she she smacks him upside the head. Oh Oh my God. It's plans. Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Happy Arbor Day, bitches. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> oh my God.
1: I'm just picturing this movie with Nicolas Cage and Buster and it's just What is happening? <laughs> it's quickly becoming my favorite movie. Just picturing, picturing Nicolas Cage in all the Mark Wahlberg scenes. Oh, my God.
0: This is funny I'm about that. I'm talking to a plant. I'm talking to a plastic plant. I'm, I'm still talking to a plastic
1: plant. Just it. Son of a bitch. He's <laughs> like, <Seriously, laughs> I'm still... I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 like it's just oh, I love it. Oh, that's funny, man. That's funny. That would be great. Mm. That that's a movie I want to see. Like yeah. I I want a redux of this. So film. are
0: we doing the fog meter on our version of that? <laughs> <laughs> Because that
1: tens, you get a ten, you get a ten. All the tens, all the tens. Uh, well, before we go to Shamio and Fogmeter, which we will do very, very quickly, I do want to give a little bit of lip service to something you said way back about like an hour ago in this conversation, where mm-hmm. the 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 it is worth noting the. <laughs> uh interests of this movie's narrative uh feel uh, remarkably like close uh to home in sure. terms of just like natural disaster kind of world turning against you kind of thing climate uh, disaster yeah yeah felt a little bit more prescient and 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 present and real and unnervingly so then I necessarily was ready to you know sort of uh, digest uh, it, for what the movie was going for. but i do I do think it's it's fascinating just how little we still understand about the natural world and about uh, our impact on it and our relationship with it. I mean, on its surface, the film as a template, isn't a bad idea. Just this, the title is, I, I actually really like the title, The Happening is kind of, you know, arresting, and uh, albeit the movie that it uh, uh, is assigned to doesn't garner this level of interest. Like, that's that can be kind of rich because it can mean a whole bunch of different things. And so, I do find that interesting. I don't think this film has any degree of, and I mean this sincerely, I don't think this film has any degree of thoughtful consideration to add to that dialogue. <laughs> I'm just interested in that broad sentiment that it's interested in. So anyway, I just wanted to go back to that because you had mentioned it earlier and I meant to come back to it. That's it. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. So, Shamio. Want to go for the sure. Shamio? Okay. So, uh, this is, this is one of his more inventive uh-huh. little Shamios. Yeah. Uh, The, Listeners may or may not have been privy to precisely what um, this particular shamiot was. Do you want to illuminate for people who M Night Shyamalan was in this film? He's uh, I
0: don't remember I don't remember the character's name uh, Joey. but he's the he's Joey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what you just said you didn't remember the character's name, so I was. I know you out. I know I did. know.
0: He's on the phone call. He's he's on you know. He's just he never appears on screen. He's nope. the flirtation of zoe's zoe and joey
1: yep zoe and joey um had a baby kangaroo <laughs> wow um so yeah uh that's it uh he is the the disembodied voice on uh her answering machine a couple of times so um what would you give it for screen time and plot relevance i'd give it a zero you you
0: give it a zero really There's no screen time, and there's no
1: plot relevance. There's
0: no visual screen time. No, but there is no. Don't do that. But don't
1: technicality your way into like
0: a ranking. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, (laughs) no, Shyamalan does not appear on screen whatsoever. Okay, well, Um, and his there's ever so slight audio, but sure, if in in the rankings of
1: appearances this is non-existent okay well I'll give it some points and here's why um I I was gonna I was prepared to give it a one for because I disagree with you about I don't disagree with you that obviously there's no visual reference but screen time is screen time whether that's I'll give audio a point or, five. oh you give it a point five yeah. that's so I mean, that's so delightful a screen so, is a visual thing Not purely. I mean, you know, like it's also the the sound. We didn't. It wasn't runtime. No screen time. But the sound, yes. But the sound design is influenced. Give me a second. Give me a a second. Give me a second. (laughs) Um, No. So so. But uh, where I will give it an uptick is in plot relevance, because while I agree that you know, like, yeah, even even if you count audio cue, he's on for like two seconds um her whole sequence with him or like you know the tension that she's feeling with him that is very relevant to their relationship so i was going to give that a 2 so i'm going to land at a 1.5 that's what i'm going to that's what i'm going to do is point, gonna... i'll
0: give a point 0.5 just because uh it is not after earth in which there's <laughs> li- literal zero
1: chamois <laughs> presence that is true no, I, I i don't uh, the, mean the qualitative one i just mean the the, the visit, presence. the visit also has literally nothing. Um, mm. So, uh, so yeah, that, I think you're too misguided, but I will let you have it. Well, that means <laughs> that we give this Shamio for the happening an average of one because I gave it a mm-hmm. 1.5 and you give it a 0. 0.5. Right. So, yep. so, yeah. So we give it an average of one. It's the average. Congratulations. Okay. So, um, all right. Want to explain the fog meter.
0: The Fog Meter is our very special metric where we engage movies on, judge movies on, measure movies on, award movies on, their fear, and their God. How scary they are, and how substantive they are. So be curious Ta-da. how we go here. Ah, uh, um, indeed. Because here's the thing. I mean, you know, I'll go first. Uh, this is, at the time, Shammy's first R-rated film, and... It's yeah. pretty gnarly in a lot of places. Yeah. And here's what's unfortunate is I think the overall construction robs some of the tension of what should be pretty... I agree with that. Yeah. ...harrowing stuff. Yeah. But at least for imagery, at least for, you know, kind of what it is in terms of its horror,
1: uh, I'll give it a seven. Okay. No, I I can see that. And I do think... So, uh, one of... The big questions that we keep asking when we're encountering these new Shyamalan films, or these, as I'm rewatching them, is okay. Uh, would I let our son see this or not? And I do deem this too scary um, because of some of the grisly images that, and and that Betty Buckley sequence, and there's just there's just some stuff in it that that's a little too rough. So I was actually going to go an eight for the fear of it, just because I do feel like when it's when it's harrowing, it is successfully so. Um, so, yeah, eight for me for fear. Uh, listen, for God, oh man, I just, I feel like I'm just gonna, I've got to give it a one for the Betty Buckley sequence. And that's about all I'm giving it. So, so for God, I'm giving it a one.
0: Hmm. That actually surprises me. Because
1: um... I don't feel like. So, Sorry, while you're no, thinking, you've, just, you've already given, you already given. I, no, I'm not changing the score, but I'm just to substantiate it. Is is because this is about an inciting incident, and that's as far as it goes in terms of its thematic considerations. Like maybe I'm being a little too harsh to the Elliot and Alma relationship, but so much of that I merely would give some lip service to what I think they were trying for, not what they successfully pull off. So anyway, that's fine. right.
0: But I think uh, for me. I'm gonna give it a three because, okay. because there is a choice being made in what your premise is sure. and then theoretically what you might actually be trying to say or want to say or think you're saying about that premise. Um so I I think it's pretty pretty paper thin. Yeah. But you know, man's relationship to nature, that's a thing. Sure. Uh, yeah, and and more than that, more than that, man's relationship to not metaphorical nature, like man versus beast, or there's a grizzly bear, you know, like this is how has the way we've conducted ourselves uh, potentially backfiring on us in this instance. So, so yeah, yeah. I give
1: it a three. Okay, so that means that we give the happening technically a four point seven five, but we'll round that up to a five on the fog meter. Uh, So we give it a five on the fog meter. I'm content with that. Especially because Uh of the harrowing nature of some of its scares. I'm content with that five. Um, But would you recommend The Happening? (laughs) That is the question of the hour, isn't it? (laughs) It is. Can't wait for your answer. Listen,
0: if you are on a chamois run and you are sick Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're laid up... You know, I mean, it could be after Earth. So, yeah, go for it. Um, The the qualifiers (laughs) matter. The qualifiers matter. I don't recommend it as like, hey, this will. I don't know. Sure. Sure. It's a very flimsy light. I don't I wouldn't say. Here's what's hilarious. I would say that is one dumb movie. Sure. Check it out and let me know what you think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the recommendation would be. Is oh my God, it's bad. You should watch it and let me know what you think about it. (laughs) Yes. Listen.
1: Okay, so so here's the thing. Somebody asked me, like, hey, should I watch the happening? And I'm gonna and I'm basically gonna be like, look.
0: Should is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this sentence.
1: Should is a strong (laughs) word. Um (laughs) but but I'm just like, you know, look, in in the sub-genre of the plants are out to get us. Watch Little Shop of Horrors. That's like Little Shop of Horrors, <laughs> like in in the subgenre of <laughs> the plants. <laughs> Suddenly, Lackey just throws a real big curveball. <laughs> right, Little Shop of Horrors, and you know. But if you've seen that, but if you've seen that, then watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That's like that's <laughs> the next that's the next one that you need to watch yeah. <laughs> in the sequence of Have you seen that? But listen, if you exhaust your, listen, I've seen it. If if you've seen it all, you're like, listen, I have seen everything and I have got to watch a movie about plants out to get us. The happening is one you can watch. And if you're not feeling great, then maybe you will enjoy it. It is one you can watch. (laughs) It is watchable. Because here's what I'm struggling with. Both are true statements. This is a bad movie. I did not hate watching it. So take that yeah. for whatever recommendation. You Nor can. did you hate watch it. I, correct, exactly. Um, <laughs> so so that you know, take that for whatever version of recommendation you want. But now I do want to go see Little Shop of Horrors because I name dropped that and
0: Little Shop Little Shop, little shop of Horrors. <laughs>
1: That's great. Um, all right, so we are done with the happening. It happened. Never gonna happen again. And That's not next week. We are going to, for the patrons, we are going to be examining Servant, Season 4, Episodes 4 through 6. That is for the patrons only. And then, for our big conversation, we are going to be revisiting The Sixth Sense. Arguably, I mean, it was the one that introduced most of the world to M. Night Shyamalan. This is the big kahuna. So, we are going to be revisiting- No, it's not the different yeah, movie. that's a different movie. I know, but this is uh, of his catalog. It is the coup de gras, the uh, you know, the pinnacle, the peak. Um, but basically, we are going to be revisiting Sixth Sense next week. So acquaint yourself, patrons, with season four, episodes four through six of Servant and the Sixth Sense. We will also be featuring if you haven't checked it out and want to. Um, we will be featuring an interview with author and podcaster Josh Larson about his new book Fear Not A Christian Appreciation of Horror so all of that is coming next week as we say on every episode the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom but not the end of the conversation and in that spirit we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing we will see you next week everybody thank you Nathan thank you listeners yeah bye everybody I'm gonna go have some cheese and crackers cheese and crackers <laughs> Bye, everybody.
0: The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of tracermatula.com for our artwork, our assortment of talented musicians Andrew Nelson, the Island family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody!